Radio Tiny House is on the air. Our shed home has been shared more than one million times on the internet. Kind of cool, but kind of weird too. Anyway, welcome to the show. Good morning. Welcome to Radio Tiny House. I'm Barry Smith. And I'm Beth. And here we are. Today is Tuesday, May, May 4th. The 4th. So May the 4th be with you. And also with you. Thank you. <laughs> May the 4th, our daughter, the youngest daughter, thinks that should be a, a national holiday. Yes. Well, our oldest it, daughter, too. Too, probably. If it's going to be a national holiday, it should be an international holiday. It'd well, be the world's everybody first. Everybody watches Star Wars. Well, I guess Christmas and Easter are international holidays, but Easter falls on different dates. Depending True. on whether you're, you know, where you are and whether you're Russian Orthodox or, or Greek Orthodox or whatever. So anyway, maybe it should just be the next new international holiday. I, I love it. I like that too. I think that'd be fun. We could all. With Baby Yoda as the uh, mascot. As the mascot. With his coffee or whatever drink he is, he's right. drinking. Right. Um, but it would be fun. We could all wear like uh, robes and pretend, pretend that we're Jedi or Sith or. Yeah, whatever. The Sith guys are scary looking. But. They are kind of scary looking, but kind of cool looking. Yeah. Too. All right. So good morning. Hope you're having a great day. You may hear thunder in the background. Yes. You may see shadows. This it's very dark here today, um, and it is um, yesterday south of us in Atlanta, actually close to our our oldest daughter. She hates it when I call her that. Our eldest oh, does daughter, she? daughter number one. How about that? That's okay. better. Um, they had a tornado close by where she lives. And there were a couple of tornadoes in the Atlanta area yesterday, which is rare. I know that Fulton County gets more tornadoes than any other county in Georgia for some reason, but it's rare to have one in a downtown area. So I have no idea about that piece yep, of trivia. I knew Yeah, it's the top but ones are like the cab. Would know that, Fulton. It would be Barry Smith, I, pseudo weatherman. Well, yes. No, 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 no. I, I'm a weather I'm a geek, weather geek, weather, weather nerd, whatever. Yes, I'm not father, a weather man. My father was a weather man. No, he, that's not true at all. Your father was a full blown meteorologist. Yes, he was. So um, he actually knew how to do stuff about predicting or, or forecasting yes, the weather. Yes, he did. So With anyway, pencils and slide rules, or and, whatever, and he balloons, used. And balloons, and balloons, and, balloons. Right. and and his the favorite thing he ever told me about predicting the, the weather was the rock story. Yeah, if it's white. And his rock is covered, then it's snowing. If his rock is wet, it's raining. <laughs> that was a that's a meteorologist joke. So you won't ask him about the it, weather. He, he, that's probably very true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know my daddy. <laughs> so we're back from Laurel, Mississippi. We are. We had a, a, a very nice trip, actually. Laurel is um a cute town. It is. That is I said before it's bigger than I thought it was. That is um just on the well, it's not really just on the cusp of coming back because people have really gone in, and yeah. in the historic district there are a lot of beautiful homes, a lot of totally different types of homes that have been completely redone. Right, and, and then there are a lot of like warehousey buildings that probably were for lumber because it was a lumber town. Right, they're sort of just boarded up, but mostly, and of course we didn't get a lot of video of the um, our f former episode. Um, that we put up, I had put some Laurel video in, but we didn't get a lot of video of the actual downtown, like shopping district that right. you see on the hometown TV thing, because the roads were, they were tearing up the roads. <laughs> and so, um, 
not really very attractive to see cars parked all around and orange barrels everywhere. Right. So we didn't do a lot of videotaping right in the middle of downtown because they're probably getting ready for tourist season this summer. Right. Well, and, but that's the good thing though, yeah, because yeah. they are doing, they are fixing things and they're a lot of, uh, a lot of the, lots of money yep, into that town. The asphalt roads around Laurel had uh, holes in them or had, had just been thin patches of asphalt that you can see the brick road underneath. So they may be hopefully going back to fixing bricks. brick roads. Yeah. Don't know what they're doing. Uh, but the yeah. roads were sort of rough. We were driving around just on the outskirts and I was like, good grief, these right. roads are rough. So I, I mean, obviously, you know, if you, oops, there's big thunder. If you live in a small rural town and you're relying on tax base to keep everything up and everybody moves somewhere else, and you don't have the money in your tax base to keep that's, up with that's right. roads, they're going to get a little tricky. That's very true, yeah. But now I think because of uh, Hometown and HGTV and Ben and uh, Aaron Napier, they're pulling people there. And then after that, we went up, we said we were going to drive to Wetumpka because they're doing a spinoff show right. or they're doing a like a takeover. I think they're calling it hometown takeover. takeover. Right. It's a bunch um, of people from HGTV that are going in to help out to redo, but Ben and Aaron are kind of leading the charge. Right. In Wetumpka, Alabama, which is about 17 miles from Montgomery. Right. And um, we dr did drive through. Um, of course, we, they hadn't launched the show yet. And so we didn't have anything we could like go find. Right. I didn't realize the big fish house was there. I think I'm saying that right from the movie, the big fish. Right. So um, they're, they, we watched well, the, the big house in the big fish, not the big fish house. Well, that's what they call it. Oh, do they? The big fish house. Oh, okay. It doesn't anyway. look like a fish. N no, it's uh, is that the rain? That's that the rain. rain. Yeah. yeah. So you might hear the pitter patter of little, of a little tin roof. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's one of the favorite things that we ha have about living in houses that have tin roofs is that we love the sound of rain. Right. But if it gets really loud, like in our house, because we have R38 insulation in the ceiling, you don't hear it that much. Right. But here in this Shafas, we don't have that. And so you do hear the rain a lot more. But you might hear it in the background. And we're going to call that a nice rainy day. Yep. Yeah, you might hear it. And if 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 you don't hear it and you want to hear it, then we can record it. So it's <laughs> very, I mean, it, it. it is we honestly very soothing. But uh when if if hail starts, then we may have to stop. We may have to stop. That's right. And, okay. You know, that's not terribly unusual. So we have um, uh, our our things on our phone, so we're gonna keep track of that if we glance down. Right. Um, so number two, I've got is um, uh, pandemic sheds pandemic are sheds. kind of chic sheds these days. They are. It's the thing. It is the thing. Everybody decided to build sheds of some ilk. On their property, in their backyard, on their in, mean, in a tree. In a I mean, you know, it's wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> if you're hearing this, I'm glad we live in a dry, safe. Uh, yeah, we are safe. Road. Yes. Right. Um, anyway, we're not we're not tied down, but we're safe otherwise. <laughs> yeah. That's something we probably should do. <laughs> probably you know, should. people say we you know we lived in a tough shed, um, and if you haven't seen our tough shed, I'll put a. Uh, like a little link up here at the top in uh, YouTube about our Tough Shed home that ended up going viral. Um, we've seen it. We're trying to keep track of it. It's about uh, 3 million shares. Right. And um, people say, oh, it's going to blow it away in a wind and whatever. And ours is like anchored down to the foundation. We have uh, experienced um, at least 60 mile an hour wind gusts. Yes. And I probably 80. 
Right. And uh, probably. But, you know, you don't really know if you don't have a wind gust omometer on your property. I don't even know what that would be called. A wind gust omometer. <laughs> I like that. I don't know what that is. You can buy those from Ron Popeil. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Anyway, we'll have a link in our website. Yeah, well, yeah, so you can buy it. What do you call it? A window. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I think we've just invented a new product to <laughs> yes, sell. We have. Yes, we have. <laughs> now I'm lost. Oh, so, um, but we never have thought about the shed that is not anchored <laughs> right. to anything. And uh, I was watching some guy on uh, about his shed. He has like these big anchors you know that he'd screw down into the ground and straps and everything i'm like you know maybe we should and now that we're starting to really invest in fixing up our shit right maybe we should anchor the thing down yeah because i don't really want it blowing down the hill into our house so we do uh we kind of live on um a little hill slope that has updraft all the time so we have breezes on our house all the time so my theory is if the winds are you know 60 mile an hour winds in town are we probably have significantly more. Right. And of course, the shed is sitting on the kind of the top of the hill. So one day it may go sailing off oh, until uh, we get it hooked up. Well, there's a like lot of stuff in here, so it I may know. not it well, may not budge. That's true. It's pretty. We're at, we've added a lot of weight on the shed, uh, so maybe it'll be all right. But anyway, I think the rain is abating a little bit. So but. I want to hang on. Be quiet for just a second. Okay. So what I can do now is I can go in and I can put some filters on it to remove the rain sounds. or we leave it in for everybody else to be able to hear rain on our tin roof. Well, that's true because you know, we don't strive for a perfect podcast. No. We strive. I mean, I'm, I'm an audio nerd and I want there to be uh, good audio always, but well, I want a, it to be natural. Well, he's a voice actor. And so in order to be acceptable to do radio commercials and things like that, you can't have a lot of noise in the background. Right. So you need to be that. But for what we're doing for this, this is real life. I mean, unless unless they can't hear us, and then there's then that's a problem. <laughs> then that's a problem. But anyway, so we went to Laurel. We did that. Yes, pandemic we talked about sheds pandemic are sheds or shake. Yeah, and and they're actually calling them that now. I didn't really think that yeah. they there would be such a thing, but um, a lot of people have built them uh, for extra space. They've built Working them as work offices to work from home. Um, uh, learning areas for their kids that are doing distance well, learning. The reason we started really fixing this up again was because we had to convert it to a homeschool right. room because with two tiny houses on the property and uh, three children that are homeschooling, it's tight. Yes, it is. And so having a homeschooling space for the kids to come up and work was important. Gives everybody a little bit of space. I mean, at some point you can only stay in a very small space full time, 24 right. seven. And I mean, a, we have acreage, but it, you know, it's hot, it's cold, it's rainy. So you go in your house. Right. And, and that way the kids don't have to be, I mean, they can come up here and get away from their house or our house to go to school. Um, they can come up here and play. They can, uh, with my drums up here, Aiden was up here playing the other day after their, their school session, which is fun to hear. Uh, and, and now that we've got a TV up here, then they can, yeah. you know, maybe we can even put a computer up here and, uh, we can play games or something right. like that. To recap, if you haven't seen our other or listened to us before, in our office, we call it, we have various uh, voice narration studio in the back. And we were have we did have a little podcast studio right beside his voice narration studio. But now that's we pushed his put his drums up because we've had them forever and he hasn't been able to have a space for them. And as we've so we've expanded ourselves out in the front part 
So his drums and which is get, which get, does a lot of good things for us. It doesn't. Yeah. It's not as nice from an acoustic standpoint, but from a video standpoint, we've got more options of where to put cameras and lights and things like that. Right, so. and we're still playing with that. Today was dark. So everything we were doing was totally different than the days that are light right. because we had a window coming, window light coming in. And I've been playing with spray painting the windows and everything's a little different. So anyway, we'll get and we to don't, it. We, we have no overhead light here. So yeah. I'm thinking about putting a chandelier with candles in it. That'd be, you know, that's going to be helpful. Soft lighting. Soft lighting. Anyway, uh, <laughs> enough about that. Pandemic shed. So that's pandemic kind shed. of. Well, wait, so our shed has become a, a pandemic, pandemic shed. shed. Right. So just because of you know, kind of what's happened to us. It's kind of a reflection, I think, of what's happened to a lot of folks. Um, I was in some big group and I posted our house because somebody was asking what we did. And I said, you know, here's our house. It's gone viral. And uh, some lady's like, oh my gosh, I want, I've seen that house. I want it. And I want to have that to be our, my husband's work studio. So a lot of people have done that. Right. Um, but the problem with that is, Part of that is, is that we've created not only a lumber shortage for construction, right? For normal construction, building houses, there's no housing inventory. Everybody's, that's all gone crazy. But people are trying to buy and build sheds too. Yes, indeed. That's right. So that's ratcheted up the prices of sheds. Lumber's crazy. But we decided after talking about the lumber shortage and finding out all these other things that we're going to do a feature for a little while called Weird pandemic shortages. shortages right we we actually ought to have a i can put an intro button on here and we can do weird shortages or something like <laughs> weird that pandemic so something shortages. that would be fun um because <laughs> they are weird they are weird it's weird what we're we out of I, I mean the first weird thing everybody was out of was toilet paper i still don't understand that yeah. i understand is- kleenex if you have you know cold kind of symptoms from covid um I understand food and water, but I don't understand toilet paper because it was not a gastrointestinal but virus. I have a theory. About okay. That. So I think that people that suddenly people knew they couldn't go to the store. Right. So they bought ahead. But also they had to increase their toilet paste for usage at home because they hubby wasn't going to work and the kids weren't going to school. And suddenly mom's going we don't have any toilet paper. So buy extra when you go. Right. And then when they realized that shortages were happening, happening, they decided to buy more extra. Right. That's a strong possibility. Strong possibility. So that's my thinking. Everybody had to poop at home. Everybody had to poop at home. That's true. That's true. <laughs> anyway. All right. So here's some weird pandemic shortages that we've discovered. Uh, you know, I knew you. <laughs> I knew you measured in home ec, but I didn't know you were the a pooponator too. <laughs> but I said the P word on a, a podcast. All right. So here's two. Here's two other than the ones we've just talked about, lumber uh, and toilet paper. Oh, right. Right. Here are the two newest ones the two, that I know about. And, and one of them is incredibly weird. Incredibly weird. Uh, subfloor glue. That's the weird one. That's I don't know. I think the other one is weird. Well, that could be, but why subfloor glue? <laughs> I don't know. So is that different than glue you'd put up, like the 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 wallboard that we put up? Yeah, I, is, like is liquid that nail? different li- than liquid nails? I don't know. Maybe that's what's short. But some guy said I can't find subfloor glue, which I didn't identify or whatever. But that that was just like that's a weird one. That is a weird one. 
Right. And then then my daughter was telling me we have a daughter who's a florist and occasionally from time to time in the our tiny our tiny house shed homes group, I'll post some of her stuff because I'm, I'm often building things for her, you know, and once you learn how to build stuff, it's fun to build more stuff if it's easy or yes, you get tired of it. Like we've kind of do some days and don't want to finish our projects. But anyway, um, so she was telling me that she couldn't get spray paint. I'm like, why can't you get spray paint? She said, because there's a steel shortage and they can't make the paint cans. And I'm like, a steel shortage? First off, I didn't think about that. And then, then of course, I was thinking about, we've been talking about a steel converting, like designing of steel. House, home. right. Uh, and the guy hasn't gotten back to me lately. I'm like, well, that might explain it. But also not having spray paint. Who would have ever thought that? In the pandemic, we'd have a spray paint shortage. Right. So I, we've I probably got a ton it. of the paint product, but nothing, but to, put nothing it in. to put it in. So that could be the subfloor glue problem, too, because at the top, there's a piece of steel or, you know, or, a piece of metal. Yeah. Of yeah some, 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 yeah, aluminum, maybe something that something. You, you can, you can pierce. But I mean, it also may be that there's just not enough wood to make wool, wood pulp to make the cardboard tubes who to knows? put those things in. Who but knows? Anyway, the subfloor glue and the, uh, the, um, Paint cans were our uh, first two. First two, yes. For the weird so pandemic shortage. Every week, we're going to try to find a weird pandemic shortage for you. Just, just for fun. Uh, hopefully, it'll be building-related, shed, home, tiny house, um, either redoing or building or something along those lines, home improvement, um, uh, or bodily function-related. I don't know. <laughs> after i've said the p word on the podcast maybe there's a baby wipe shortage maybe there is <laughs> maybe there's a diaper shortage we don't know about that yeah, would i be mean bad. you know i didn't know about the paint cans and i didn't know about steel so it's just gonna be fun to figure that out yeah and then reading about it steel is uh i thought that we, there's a there are tariffs right now on indian steel and uh chinese China, steel. i think right right and I think the Biden administration is looking at, at pulling those away. Uh, I'm not going to have a political discussion about whether tariffs work or not. Uh, but I thought that with the tariffs in place, that the U.S. steel corp uh, corporations would not U.S. steel itself, but U.S. steel manufacturers right. uh, would um, would kind of pick up that slack. But they're still running at only about 67 percent capacity. Well, probably that's because of getting people to come to work. I will bet you money that's the what it is. The whole point is, we talked about this the other day, that a lot of people are on unemployment and are staying on unemployment because it's financially viable for them. So why go to work uh, in the steel plant? I don't know how much you make in a steel plant, but well, anyway, they, uh, they usually that. made higher than average wages. So yeah, I don't know. Um, but or I, people I don't are know. sick or they're worried about their family or they're worried about COVID or they haven't gotten their shots yet or whatever. They, they can't wear a mask in a steel plant. I don't know what all that's about, but anyway, people are not working at the same level. They well, were. I know, I know, uh, you know, Billy Joel had a great song from the seventies, maybe late seventies, maybe early eighties. Um, Allentown about how Allentown, Pennsylvania, you know, basically just went away because the, uh, the steel mills yeah. uh, went away. So I think it's great so, to have uh, U.S. manufacturing. I mean, right. And I know we get like there's environmental issues around steel and all that stuff. But anyway, we got to have stuff. We do to have to have stuff, stuff and to live. Like I have to have travel mugs, uh -huh. you know, made out of steel. Right. By the way, and, and we're not endorsed by uh, Aaron and Ben Napier, but this is Big Ben Deluxe 
blend coffee that I'm drinking oh. that they sell at uh, both the uh, Laurel Mercantile and at the Scotsman um, Trading Company. And it's just, it's excellent coffee. Uh, this will be my go-to coffee if I can order it online. If not, then I guess we'll have to go back to Laurel. <laughs> not on Sunday. <laughs> that was a part of our problem. All right. So news, tiny house news. Tiny house news. Um, there's uh, Greenville County, which is in South Carolina, uh, has, a lot of people on our in our tiny house shed homes Facebook group ask about living in South Carolina. Right. And so we're trying to focus on one state at a time to try to help people know what they can do. And most people, you know, in most states, if you want to live in a tiny house on wheels, you need to be in an RV park. It's considered right. an RV. So don't think you're going to go buy one and just live anywhere because you can't. And don't think you're going to go buy a shed conversion and just live in it anywhere because you can't. you can't. So you got to do work and research about that. So we were, what I'm trying to do within our group or within, yeah, that's the easiest place to put it, is to do a state at a time. Hence, hence the South Carolina conversation hence. we're having today. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll try to focus on, you know, I don't know if I can do, I, I would like to do one whole state a, a week. week. Uh, it's just a big job because every there's so many different things about each state, but right. anyway, well, I think we it. could do that. I mean, it's, but that's yeah. a lot of research and it takes a lot of time. And but anyway, so we're talking about South Carolina this time. We know Georgia, there are two or three counties in Georgia that don't have building codes, a couple in middle Georgia and one in the far North West corner. Um, and there's a tiny house community up there. Right. So, um, so let me, let me just throw this out because you did once in the, uh, in the group. So if you're, if you are listening and you're a member of our group, if you, or if you're not a member of our group and you want to be a member of our group and you want to help out, if you want to be a state, I don't know. I'm what, calling him a state representative, state representative mm -hmm. or a captain or whatever a state representative. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and you know, information about your state from a, a tiny house or shed home standpoint, and you want to help other people, then let us know that. And we, you can help us compile information uh, on your state. Right. Because there's a lot of general stuff out there, but it's not. The problem with Facebook groups, the people and a lot of tiny houses are going there to find information is they don't, they're not accurate. And I'm like, no, no, you can't do that. And, you know, anyway, it ha would help to have others helping me help other people. Now, in, in a perfect world, uh, I would love to be able to buy a piece of property or in a rural area and just go build whatever I want to build. Right. But we know that's not, in no, many cases, that's not possible. There are some counties that you can do that in or in which you can do that. That's but much better. Thank you. Um, that seems, that I try to always, you know, properly speak English. Excellent. I don't try to speak proper English, but I do try to speak properly. Right. Um, uh, it'd be great if you could do that, but you can't always do that. And you need to check the, the, the laws in your area or and the regulations in your area before you just go plop down a house somewhere or a yurt or, um, you know, live in an RV or anything like that. Make sure that you're doing it legally, because if you're not, then they can kick you out. All right. And then you've lost everything on your investment. But anyway, right. so we anyway. got sidetracked. Yes, we did. So Greenville. So Georgia, I just kind of did a recap of Georgia because that's where we live. Right. And now headed to South Carolina. That's just going to be our like South Carolina focus. Um, I know that in most of South Carolina, you can't build tiny. 
there are a few cities that are trying to work for it. I would love to see them down by the coast because I think a lot of people like would like to live. You probably would never be able to do it in Charleston, right? But there's Walterboro, which is between Charleston and uh, Savannah. Yeah, I'd Walterboro, love to see Somerville right there. would be a great place to do yeah, it. Yeah, Somerville. Uh, but anyway, so South Carolina, um, Greenville had an on the lake. Greenville County. It's it's I'm the sorry. city of Greer. Right. Greenville County had on, on the lake, which is, I think I said Lake Cunningham. Um, they have a tiny home community. Right. And I looked at the plat and it's very much like a, are a campground, right? There's just the houses are butt up against each other. It do, it just looks like a campground that you a pull through campgrounds right that space. Um, the way it's laid out is very campgroundish. Very, very campgroundish. Looks very tight. Um, they're putting park model. Looks like park model homes in there. The lots are four fifty a month to rent, and the houses that they're recommending or they're approved to go in there are about seventy to eighty thousand. So right. if you do the math, you're coming in at somewhere about a thousand a month. Right. But you're living on the lake. Right. That's not a bad deal. But I think people in the area have decided that they don't want replicating that on their lakefront property because it looks like a campground. So the ends tight. So there are asking for um, laws uh, around unincorporated places where people can build tiny houses. Right. And they had a discussion about that that you just read. Right. Yeah. They're they're looking to. to to have um, some rules regarding um, the number of houses that you can have in what they're calling pocket neighborhoods, which is um, most of the tiny house communities that we've seen uh, are kind of done like uh, that, like, like just, camp, uh, just campgrounds. Just, right, they're just they're stuck just, out there. There's like, it's just a strip of, of road right. plugs and you plug your house in. Right. And it, they're not true pocket neighborhoods uh, or what we would consider true pocket neighborhoods. Uh, there's uh, no courtyard, there's no gathering place, there's no, there's not anything like that. And that's kind of been our idea for a long time is to be able to develop locations that have, that looks like a place you'd really yeah, want, want to, to live, live, like a community, mm -hmm. not like a subdivision or an um, old tiny trailer park, right? But an area where people want to live that's landscaped nicely and that has, um, a community house where you can go have cookouts or, uh, you know, sit around a campfire with your neighbors or something like that. So anyway, so this new one is, is geared more to towards, um, pocket neighborhoods and, uh, they're, they're trying to set a number because I think there are 70 or 74, uh, houses in this, uh, place, the walk, I, I think it's many, on the lake, Lake, walk, like, lake walk. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're saying now that the, that what they've proposed is between eight and 30, tiny houses per uh, pocket neighborhood. Means. Whatever that means. I mean, whatever size, I mean, I don't know really what they're, I right. think it was really vague in the legislation they were looking at. So I think they'll have to define it, but so, but that's bad and good. People are, once you get legislation involved in something like tiny houses, it becomes more complicated. Right. A lot of people want to just go buy land and they just want to build whatever they want to build. They want to build a, live in a railroad car or they want to live in a whatever and people get upset about that Ooh, we haven't even talked about railroad cars we have not um but here's the thing in order to live we have developed in the in mo and not us just not just europe i mean not us but just europe and everywhere else they've like have an idea of what it's supposed to look like the kind right. of community that they want to build and it's hard to keep everybody happy 
I was just reading about Airbnbs in our community. And then somebody from somewhere else has come in and decided they want to put the same laws they had in another county here in our county. And so she's the squeaky wheel and she wants to make it known right. how she thinks Airbnbs need to be handled here. So it's hard to make everybody happy. Right. right? Well, also, though, where she's coming from is a, a major suburb of, of, Atlanta. of Atlanta. And it's uh, subdivision after subdivision, house upon house upon house with, you know, this much space between some of the houses. And I don't understand why that is so lightly regulated from that standpoint. But the minute somebody says something about tiny houses, uh, governments all around the country go, oh, wait, we can't do that. Or, or communities well, even say, we don't want that in our community. Well, there's lots of reasons for that. But anyway, uh, not to go too da- far down that hole. But um, anyway, so South Carolina, I know that you have to, well, we say this every time, you've got to check your county to see, I understand that there's some of the counties even required engineered drawings and things like that. It's difficult to live in a shed home in South Carolina unless you build it on site like we did. Uh, and that would be true of Georgia too. Right. We built on site, we built a code, but we just used the shed out outer edge shell of the shed to speed up our process. Right. But we built it like a house. Um, anyway, so, uh, and ready removables, the kind that you see on the corners and somebody's going to bring to you are probably dif- are probably going to be difficult to inhabit full time, although I have seen them being used for Airbnbs in South Carolina. Right. So there is some you so you have to check your county. You also have to check with your city if you're in a city and you also have to check that particular piece of property because zoning has everything to do with what you can do on each prop thing. Just to tell you, in case you decide you want to buy a piece of property, right? make sure you do all your research before you buy or you could get stuck. And I see it over and over again in these Facebook groups. People bought. They thought they could do something. They didn't bother to check or didn't know to check. Probably more it's about not knowing. Right. And then they got stuck with a piece of property that they can't do what they thought they were going to do. Right. So anyway, so we're going to try to cover a state of week. Um, and just get of an overview. And then in our Facebook group, we'll go into a lot more detail. About now, how do you that. want to start that? You want to start alphabetically and go from A no, to No, I'm just going to do sa- the South first. And here's why. The South is a lot more lenient. That's true. Because we don't have the population. Uh, Although I did read about the um, uh, tiny house neighborhood for homeless people that has finally been approved in Vermont, in okay, some city so, in Vermont. Okay, let me back up and say the South is more lenient in general, but cities, because they have the pressure of trying to house a bunch of people, they are getting more, uh, while stringent, they're getting more um, open right. to tiny houses if they have a lot of rules around right. it. And uh, Georgia has approved Appendix Q. I don't think South Carolina has that, on, which is tiny house rules. I don't think South Carolina has that on their radar. I don't know. They. I read uh, today that they have, you know, South Carolina adopted the... Um, International ICC building code. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that is actually part of that or if it's an addendum to it. I don't know. No. You, as I understand it, you adopt a certain building code and then you have to pick which appendixes you'll okay. go with. So anyway, um, I know that sounds technical. It's not that hard. Just go look up appendix Q, Google it, and you can find out what I'm talking about. But it's specific laws that give availability to get into lofts, live in certain size rooms, that kind of thing. It just widens the availability for you to have a tiny home. Right. 
Right. Uh, so it's it's good and bad. I mean, so, you know, once you put start putting rules, it's tricky. Right. Yeah. What, yeah. Once you, once. Wow. Look at that peak. That was thunder, guys. Um, once you uh, start adding rules to, to anything, then it, it becomes trickier to do. Oh. What you might want to do. So. Yeah. Um, and then, but I do want to say, well, I'll back. I'll, I'll add that later. I was going to talk about why we're actually in the podcast studio. We didn't do that at the beginning. We had plans for today. We did have plans for today, but the weather put an end to it. We were going to interview uh, and go out to her place, a young lady who doesn't technically live in a tiny house, but she has um, her business is based in a tiny house on wheels and she takes it with her. Right. To It's a Kiki's Clothing. Is that what, uh, it's, I think that's uh, what it's called? called. We'll and make she, sure we have the all the information when you actually get to interview her. Y- yes, we're going to we're going to interview her now. We've we've rescheduled that for next week because the bottom is falling out, as you can probably hear in the background. And I wanted to be able to show the outside and, right. and sit outside and talk with her. She parks uh, her tiny home in a furniture store parking lot right. in a small town. And uh, so but it, not tiny home. Or tiny, tiny shop, business. pop-up shop, whatever we call it. And it's a clothing store. And I just, you know, one of the things I want to focus on is helping people figure out how they can have the lifestyle of the less overhead, but have a way to make income. Right. And this is one way I think that people, once you learn how to build a tiny house, just go build yourself a tiny store. That's exactly right. right? And, 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 and she goes to tiny house festivals and to fairs and all sorts of other and, things. And, and parks it during the week. And parks in town. It, yep. So, so, so we're going to be interviewing her next week. Right. Uh, which is kind of cool. We had another item we were going to talk about wait, in the wait, news, wait. but um, I don't know if we can because it may have been postponed. Yeah, we'll talk about it, but it may be postponed. Hey, it's me again. Thanks for listening to Radio Tiny House. If you'd like to contact us, you can do so at radiotinyhouse at gmail.com. Or you can find us on our Facebook page, which is My Tough Shed Home. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.